This is Robert Marlacci, Chief Digital Publisher of the Mindshare Learning Report. I'm here in Montreal for a Mindshare Learning Moment with Phil Cutler, the CEO of Great Slam, past winner of the Canada's EdTech Startup Challenge four years ago. I can't believe it's four years now, Phil. Thank you for joining me today. Rob, thanks for having me and thanks for stopping by our office. Yeah, well, it was fortuitous that I was coming here for the weekend and that you were available and they made time for us. And uh, what a great opportunity to reflect on on your transformation and evolution as a startup is very inspiring. First of all, to, to know that you exist five years later, because I'd say 80 or 9% don't succeed. But originally, you started as a online tutoring service called Great Slam. And maybe you can tell me a little bit uh, about your journey and how you fit pivoted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, you, you nailed it sort of right there by saying we're alive five years later for any startup, right? You're counting kind of your days, right? You don't know whether you're going to be around a year from now, two years from now, definitely five years from now. So that's really more of a testament to our team and how gritty they are and this sort of like survive by any means type of mindset that everybody here shares. Right. So for me to sort of look back and think, hey, five years ago, where did I think I was going to be? I could not have told you it's sort of what we are today. You ask about the, the product and our service and how it's evolved. I mean, this is something that's constantly changing. You know, I think the term pivot is something that gets thrown around a lot in the startup world today. Right. I think that it's maybe used a little bit loosely. The way I look at it is that your customers are going to drive your product and your service, 100%. right? And what they're prepared to pay for, that's what you're going to create. Your product team is going to get insights from your sales team. What are people talking about? What are the problems that they're facing? And then let's develop some software or a service that can actually solve those compelling problems. In our case, the most important part of the business is not actually the product or the service. It's our North Star, right? It's this idea that everybody collectively believes in this mission of democratizing education and providing a truly equitable learning experience. That's amazing. Well, what the differentiator I see in you versus a lot of other startups in, in the ed tech space is that you actually have a teaching degree and understand pedagogy. Yeah. Because when you're immersed in that, and if you don't have that deep understanding, you're going to spin your wheels for, for a while. Hence, you know, in a short time, I've seen you you know, accelerate and and, and uh, achieve great success because you've been agile. I, I, I use the term agile business sure. planning a lot. Sure. And and really keeping a pulse for for the market. What what do the students want? What do the teachers want? To that point, originally you had a vision where they wanted to see you and, and you have a face to face conversation virtually. But that's not really the case. So UI comes into play here and and understanding you know, what what makes things appealing to kids today? Absolutely. Yeah, no, you need to be close to your customers. I mean, that's one of the most important things, regardless of what you're doing. Um, it doesn't matter if you're in ed tech or any other space. You need to be close to your customers and in their minds. Understand the compelling problem that they're facing that you're trying to solve. 
For us, we're really fortunate because we have a very strong customer success team. We're literally on site at our partner schools on a regular basis. We're talking to teachers. We're talking to students. We're working with the administration. We're, we're, we're face-to-face with our customers. We're running focus groups. So we're collecting wow. this information always. It's, it's not like this is a one-time thing. We build the product right. and leave it, right? The, that idea of sort of like, you know, out-of-the-box software has changed, right? Everything now has moved right. towards the cloud. It's constantly evolving. Our customers are aware of that. So we're never stopping this evolution process, right? It, it sort of follows, follows the, you mentioned it before, but so the agile mentality, right? Which is like, look at what your status quo is, understand the status quo, understand what you need to change and then implement those changes. Now analyze what that is and start that process over again, right? So there's these sort of three steps that you're always going through and it doesn't matter whether that's your sales process, it doesn't matter whether it's the product, the service, how you, you know, are managing the business, every part of it is, is sort of following the same sort of cadence. Let's talk about the personalization of learning and how you cater to that because that's really what, what you do in, in providing those supports. Absolutely. So you know, every kid succeed. I think the big thing when we look at the evolution of education, right, has been, you know, this idea of one to many in the schoolhouses, you know, 200 years ago, that was the only way that we could educate the population, right? And it made sense from a business model perspective. If you look at sort of the evolution of technology within schools the last 20, 30 years, we introduced computers, right? So we started to see devices, maybe one in the class, then a computer lab. Now most schools are moving towards one-to-one, right? Then we introduced internet so schools have wi-fi most families have wi-fi at home or some sort of internet connectivity whether it's through a smartphone people are able to connect with each other so the next sort of wave to that is okay we've been able to connect with with people we've been able to sort of really deliver this technology right in the classroom the students are using it at home now how can we use that technology to go a step further and that's where personalization personalization comes in so we can collect data on all of these students and understand what type of learners are they, right? How do they right. learn? What type of questions are they asking? And then match those students. Oh, stuff. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's something that 10 or 15 years ago wasn't really possible. But right. today, it's just sort of obvious. We're doing it in all aspects. I mean, think about the way that Facebook or Instagram will retarget you based on the photos that you're liking or the people that you follow. 100%. You know, they're shipping ads. Or the cars that I might want to buy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're going to know what type of car you're looking at six months before you're going to buy it. Right. right. So we're sort of looking at this not from a consumer perspective. We're not trying to sell anything, but we're right. looking at it from the same sort of mindset, which is, hey, we've got this data. We understand the student's profile. Now let's make sure we're catering to their specific needs. And and student A and student B are very different. Despite being in the same class or the same grade, they're learning differently. So we need to adapt to that and make sure that, hey, you know, our learning, our learning process is designed for that individual student, not to fit everyone into the same box. Right. And so let's uh, let's forecast five years out. What's your vision? Because you're a vision guy. I mean. You were the founder of the company or co-founder. What's your vision five years from now? What will what will give you satisfaction in, in knowing you've succeeded five years from now? So fundamentally, I think that every single school in the whole world is, move, is whether they like it or not, moving towards personalization. Okay, And that can take a number of different forms. We think what we're building at Grade Slam in terms of like a personalized learning hub is the, the next wave that's going to drive all of this. 
this, okay? So let's back that up. What does that actually mean, okay? So we need to be able to differentiate for every single student, something that, you know, today we're starting to do, but very much in its infancy, right? So having tailored classroom models, and this is something that we're looking at in a pretty profound level now, but when a student comes on and asks a question, the way that they interact with the platform should be different for each student based on the type of learner that they are. Right? right. So if you imagine you walk into a university class with 200 other students, you're all sitting in the same type of desk, looking at the same sort of screen with the same teacher teaching the same material to everybody. It's completely sort of standardized. Right. That doesn't make any sense when you know that everybody is different. Right. right. The same is true on a smaller scale in K-12. And now we realize that, hey, we need to sort of be able to provide different learning environments for the students. So that's step one. We also want to be moving towards additional services, right? right? So really sort of catering to the full needs of the student, whether that's guidance counseling, whether that's mental health support, all of these things play a huge role in the student's success. For a long time, schools were thinking, hey, we're, our role is to teach them the academic side. We know that's not true anymore, right? right. So much of it is social learning. Social learning. People can learn their material online. They can go on yeah. Wikipedia. They can go on watch YouTube videos. There's ways to grasp that knowledge. But school and the, and the function of a school remains very important, right? The social component of right. it, mental health, all of these things are key. So as we look out five years, schools are going to be putting more and more emphasis on that, right? And the, the actual academic pieces, well, that's going to be things that companies like GradeSign will just be delivering. Right. Perhaps I can get your thoughts on, on this quote that I came across at our C21 CEO Summit in Halifax, uh, and it was a panel of deputy ministers, and they talked about uh, innovation and tra transformation at the speed of trust in education. Yeah, I mean, look, I can tell you one thing that we've experienced over the last two or three years since we've been in market selling to schools has been as your credibility grows, so does your opportunity to grow and the speed right. at which you're growing. So for us, the biggest challenge initially by far was actually building the trust of the customer, right? If a school board is, or a school district is writing you a check for $100,000 or $200,000, they need to know that this is something that's trustworthy. Now, how do you establish that? It's very difficult, right? right? You need to go through a lot of different sort of compliance steps to get to those. And that's just the compliance component. Right. Then they also need to believe that you're going to deliver, you're going to exist a year later. I mean, these are things that we get asked still today, right? 100%. Are you guys going to be here a year from now, right? This sounds amazing, but what happens if, you know, things don't play out the way you anticipate? These are huge concerns and they're legitimate concerns. 100%. I mean, I, I think back to that uh, massive uh, project that was rolled out in California with the bundled uh, tablet and uh, content. It was a total disaster. So I, I can imagine why, you know, education leaders are, you know, hesitant and want to make sure that they're making the right decisions. Well, Phil Cutler, congratulations on your success and your growth. I'm so pleased uh, to have the opportunity to have a catch-up chat with you, a mindshare moment here in Montreal in your own backyard. I have to come out more often. That's one thing I realized, you know, jump on a train. I got all my, I was very productive and I'll, I'll plan to do that once a quarter perhaps or, or so. But uh, thank you again. Any final thoughts to share on Great Slam? And they, perhaps you can share uh, your URL and where education folks might uh, learn more about you. 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the big thing I, I do want to say though, Rob, is that if you're an entrepreneur thinking of jumping into ed tech, we need more people that are sort of looking at ways to disrupt our education system for the positive, right? We want to be pushing people towards change, right? Our school system has struggled to evolve at the same speed as, as every other industry. And I think a lot of that has to do with some people who are, you know, who have that education mindset being a little bit risk averse. Right. Don't be afraid to take that risk because you don't know where it's going to take you until you actually jump in and you got to stick with it and keep grinding. Sage advice. With that, thank you so much, Phil Cutler. Thank you. That was Phil Cutler, the CEO and co-founder of Great Slam. My name is Robert Merdlanchi of the Mindshare Learning Report. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep.